So anytime I, ha I wear a suit for almost any occasion, I haven't done it for funerals, I'll stick one of the pins in the lapel. Yes, that's cool. Just because, well, why not? Why so, not? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've done the Star Wars pins. I've done some of the Mickey pins and Goofy pins. That's yeah. cool. I, li I like that. The, yeah. There's one pin, and I couldn't find it this trip. I found it every other trip. Two pins I always look for each trip. And one of them is the Rebel logo with the Mickey ears. And the other one is a, a particular Jessica Rabbit pin. That's the only one that that I've not been like, no, I'm not going to, no. And it's nothing horrible. It's just so you are looking Jessica for this? Oh, oh, that you don't want, you don't want it on your suit, you mean? Lapel. Yes. So. Yeah, that might send the it's, wrong message. It's, it's nothing absolutely horrible. It's. No, but, no, but like, it's, it's like the chick in the dust flaps of cars, you know, this, um woman it's not like that it's kind of like that it kind of looks like that no, it's not yes it is what i am posting that we're weighing in and seeing what everyone else thinks well, i'm posting it's that the same it, it, it evokes sort of a because there's no telling she's always in silhouette you don't know what that dust flat woman is wearing you just know she's sitting really really pretty or however you you express that but so i that's what i think of that's just maybe that's just me that's just what i think of i think of the dust fl flap all <laughs> right i'm posting a picture we'll get everyone's opinions <laughs> and hey you know what i married a redhead it's not her hair that attracts attention i'm pretty sure <laughs> not melinda i'm talking about um yeah Welcome to the 42 Podcast, where we discuss life together, looking for answers to life, the universe, and well, everything else. Here are your hosts, Rob and Lindsay. It's been a while. It has. I was starting to get worried about you. <laughs> I thought maybe worried something about happened me? to you. Yeah, because I talked to you Saturday, and then I didn't hear anything from you Sunday. And, <laughs> or was it, yeah, Sunday, I figured I would have from heard from you, but, but... <laughs> It's like, honey, I hope he's okay. <laughs> so, okay, have you ever gone on vacation and come back from vacation and been like, I need a vacation? Yeah, yes. Yes, yeah. and your your vacation sounded intense, so I can only imagine. Well, that's Disney vacation, where you're like, yay, vacation, love it. I need a vacation from the vacation Except what I did is I scheduled a youth event for every day last week once I got back. Like, I had one day to get everything in order, and then it was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Why do you do that youth, to youth, yourself? Youth, 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 Because I... you're a masochist? Apparently. <laughs> I, I mean, it was all good things. It was an amazing week of ministry. Mm -hmm. I, I connected with a lot of new families, a lot of new kids, um... Uh, you know, we, we launched two new programs for the summer, did a camp out overnighter with my uh, my younger kids age group. And wow. then we did a pool party on Sunday with just families of the church. And it, it was great, but it was just, all right, one thing after the other. Bam, 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 bam. 
Wow. Yeah. And some of it I know was self-inflicted. Some of it was just, well, that's the way the schedules fell, and here I am. Do you feel so. guilty for leaving? And sort of make up for it when you come back? No, because I normally don't do that. It was just, it was part of how the scheduling fell. Because normally when we go on vacation, we go in August. August is a quiet month. Things are winding down. I can't compete against Bandcamp because, you know, everyone has that, well, that one time at Bandcamp story. <laughs> or they're looking to make that next, that one time at Bandcamp story. Yep. So August is like a wind down month for me, which is why we've been like, okay, vacation. Yay. June is a, a wind up, so it's okay. I've got ministry programs starting for the summer. I've got um, these different things I'm doing to keep connected with the kids. So this was an entirely different way for us to vacation. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah. now you're exhausted. <laughs> it, I, I'm catching back up. I'm finally catching back up. So... I, so you and I are recording on Monday, and I actually looked and asked, and I said, uh, can, can I take Monday and write? Because I'm also preaching this week. So I spent the first good chunk of my morning figuring out what I'm preaching on, what that'll look like, you know, where, where am I going with the passages, yeah. Wow. So that's been the majority of my Monday so far. <laughs> cool. Well. Yeah. How about you? You were on vacation. Yeah, I mean, since we last spoke, I went on a vacation with Colby. We went away to, um, way up north in Maine, and we had a really good time. We ended up getting to eat a really expensive dinner on a golf course at a golf club for free. <laughs> Because we were the fussy people that complained about something about our hotel, <laughs> the hotel package thing. And we were very nice about it, but we said, this is what we were paying for. And this is sort of what we got. And it wasn't, it's not really worth the extra hundred dollars. So they said, well, why don't you go to the golf club, which is owned by the hotel and treat yourselves. And we spent like a hundred dollars on dinner and drinks and Hardly anybody else was there. It was gorgeous. These mountains are in the wow. the background. The sun is setting. There's no bugs. It was really, it was really awesome. And then um, this past weekend, so it's Monday now that we're recording, but this past Friday, we all stayed at my mom and dad's mini Winnebago at this camp. And we also got a tent because we're too big for the... There's too many of us for for, to, for the Winnebago, but it was it was fun. We were in the water a lot. We all got sunburned, <laughs> despite mm. despite uh, sunscreen applications, and um, it was just nice to get away and break up the routine and do something different, you know. Yeah, uh, is that like the whole point for you of vacationing is? Just breaking the routine, breaking the monotony of what is the year. Yeah. I mean, Colby and I both, we tend to get really myopic about what's happening in the house. He's working on the room. He's always working on the house. So he's working on the house when he's not working at work. He's either thinking about working on the house or working on the house. And I, I, we have our routine and it's just, it's hard for me to break away from it. I like the routine. It makes me feel safe and happy. 
So, but we know, we know that's not ideal for the kids. We want to have memories for the kids and things besides, oh yeah, mom and dad worked a lot and, you know, so that that is challenging to get out of normal and like not have my stuff around and not, not be in control so much. It's that's that's the hard part for me not to sleep in my own bed, not to have control over the kids bedtime or the routine, you know, so I think I've said this before, but when you have a baby, when you have little babies, it's like you're in survival mode. And when you find something that works, you do not change it because it works. Everybody's sleeping. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So for a while it was just force a habit that we never went camping or did things like that in the summertime because god forbid we we mess up the kids schedule or whatever but we're getting braver we went out and miles did great actually miles is our youngest and he did fantastic everybody slept pretty good and um had a blast my mom's amazing for um just it was like glorious fun chaos but it was chaos and that and she was not stressed. She didn't seem stressed or anxious. She wasn't worried about all the mess. And I appreciate that. And I want to be like her when I grow up and just be calm about things, even when it's not perfect or nice and tidy. <laughs> so oh, good. What about you? Is it hard for you to break routine? Or are you excited and ready to break your routine? Yes and no. So... Melinda's right on this. I don't do well with this. Of sometimes, not sometimes, but being able to like leave work at work. And part of that is the danger of what is ministry. And part of it is is the personality that I have. So, yes, I look forward to vacations. Yes, I'm also guilty of responding to people's text messages and phone calls. Mm. Now, I did get better this time I left my work computer in my office instead of putting it in the bag, just in case. Yeah. But uh, there's a part of me that struggles to unplug. I don't know, maybe there's a big psycho- bigger psychology behind that than is worth jumping into in a podcast at the moment, but it, it's there. I struggle with it. Yeah, there's definitely something there, and I get it. I totally get it, but... Do you give the kids your phone number, your home phone, like kids that your ministry kids or something? Yeah, they all have my cell, uh, and they can text and call. It, it's primarily text-based communication anymore. Wow, that's. But you know, they've also got my social media's links. They've got, they've got the ways that they use and prefer to get a hold of me. So kids text you with drama constantly, basically. No, not constantly. I I'll say this the. The group of kids I have right now are not like overly dramatic. So I've had, I've had students who are very overly dramatic. I've had students who are low key. I've got a good group of amazing low key students who, you know, will talk through life problems, but it's not like, oh my gosh, the house is burning and I'm going to die right now because my significant other said something to me that hurt me a little. Mm-hmm. I, that has calmed down. That's good. Uh, but they also know that my reaction to that is, okay, are you going to die? No? Okay, we can handle this. We can walk through the emotions. 
name them and you know figure it out yeah. so but yeah the the kids have my the kids the parents the congregation has access to me they know how to get a hold of me and yeah I'm the one that's normally horrible with that boundary, and Melinda is always trying to get me to, to think through and be unplugged and be aware. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, as is my vacation every time, I had someone who needed something, and it was, okay, I kind of need to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So. It was also a little bit self-inflicted, since it was a Amazon issue that was connected to my account, and it was... Uh, I've got the app and the button right here that fixes that problem. Yeah, right. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned at the beginning, or well, before we left, that you were going to bring your vacation books. Did you end up reading your vacation books? <laughs> That's it, always funny. Yes, I did finish Ready Player One. Not before I got through vacation i finished it on the drive home from vacation (laughs) so yes but only on the drive home okay (laughs) so we drove down to and back from florida so i mean that's we broke it up into two days so there's two days in the car but i was sitting up front with dad and he and i were talking and interacting and just it it worked to to listen and be engaged in the moment more than the book. So, at least for the drive down. Question for you: um, I haven't gone anywhere on a plane in a long time, so I don't know what the prices are like. But I mean, if you the the price of gas is ridiculous right now, and so I was just wondering: did you figure that out? Like, how did you? What was it compared comparatively spending on? Um, gas versus plane tickets just curious i think with how we did it because we tried to carpool and cram as many people into different vehicles as we could it still came out cheaper but not by much i i'm not sure i don't do the numbers and stuff like that that's that's dad he figures it out he it's a game he plays like <laughs> driving down he was like okay keep it at 65 or lower the whole time <laughs> because then we get five more miles on this vehicle per gallon and it, oh my like he had all of that figured out to a t and that's what my dad does he's an accountant uh he retired accountant but he plays with those numbers and does some wizardry stuff and it's just okay you give him numbers and he makes them dance in ways that i just go okay sure whatever that's cool so that's a very dad thing uh, <laughs> yeah that's it's a very him thing and uh so he had it figured out with the speed with the the mileage the vehicle health the tire health all of that just you know keep it at 65 we'll get this mile per gallon and we're getting five more per gallon than if we went 70. so and then you know he would crunch the numbers every time we filled up and here's here's the real mile per gallon that we got and here's Hmm. the wow that's cool how much was gas down there? Like, like as far south as he went. Just curious. Oh my gosh. We, we found one place. This blew my mind. We filled up at one place for $4.09. Oh. Cool. Where it's, oh. That's almost semi-normal if it was like $2 lower kind of thing. But, wow. You know, uh, 
Yeah, that that was the cheapest we found, but yeah, for the most part, it was somewhere between four fifty and four seventy. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and that's that's going to be a big factor moving into vacations in the future for anyone. You know what gas prices are, what not flying worked out because that was when everyone the whole like cancellation apocalypse happened in the news and everything, and they're like, yeah. Several thousand people were stranded. Sorry. Hmm. Mm. And I I hate flying to begin with. Yeah. You know, okay, part of this has to do with a book I read once called Atlas Shrugged, which I highly recommend. I It's one of my, I, I call it one of my favorite books, even though I've only read it one time, but it made a big, it like really impacted me. And, um, and I love the railroads. I love the conversations that they have, the, the details about that. But it's something that I've wanted to do with the kids It's looking into instead of flying or driving, what if we took a train somewhere, you know, out west or down south or something? So I actually looked into that. It was like a year or two years ago when we started talking about and planning this vacation because I was like, "Ooh, I would love to do that. Mm-hmm. You can load your car onto a train, ride the train down, unload, yeah. and you're there. Yeah. Okay, you don't have to drive, you have your car, you can get a sleeper cabin, have food, have access to bathrooms, no need to stop. Like, for us, every time we stopped, it added another 30 to 60 minutes to the trip. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, So I looked at that, and it was something like, for us, it would have been something like $500 per person for round trip. Wow, so it's kind of more of a... Now, that was two years ago. I don't know what the prices are now. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah, because that's a lot. That's more expensive than a plane ticket, right? 500 bucks? It it was, yeah. Yeah. But that was also getting like a sleeper car because it would have been a 24-hour train trip and, you know, not just sitting in in a seat for 24 hours. Yeah. So I I went with the more comfortable of the options and pricing it. But. Yeah, maybe doing a more local trip or just going to, like, I don't know, what is there to say? Somewhere in the mountains or Vermont or I don't know, something. I would like to, I would like yeah, to I, train. I love, tra- it's it's kind of a romantic thing, I guess. I, I'm, I'm a rail fan, a steamhead. You know, there's a rustic, scenic railroad not far from here with their own steam workshop. And I swear, I've not gone down there and been like, retirement career planet right here. I'm going to drive the train. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm just going to figure out a way to get here and drive the trains. That's awesome. That's cool. Or play Santa Claus. Or do both. Or do both. That's perfect. We, I want to do both. We there have a, a Polar Express up here in Conway that um, that time of year, you have to like book way out because it's super popular and there's like hot cocoa and Santa and all kinds of fun kitty things and we haven't never done it actually, but I think we want to. I think this year might be a good year for for the kids because they're all old enough, you know. <laughs> so one of the early vacations we did when we first moved here, where it was okay, we're going to go around and we're going to see a bunch of the things that they that are here. You know, what are the local amusement parks? What are the local hiking trails? What are the local camping spots? And one of those perfectly coincided with that uh, rail line, um, Strasbourg. They're the ones who own the Thomas the Tank Engine and do Thomas Days, live steam Thomas Days. So we went down there, we saw 
Thomas. We rode on Thomas, and you know, I, I'm a I'm a railhead. I love looking at and thinking about that stuff. How the machines, yeah, how the beauty of those machines worked, and it was just coal and water, mm-hmm. and lots of you know grease. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, there, there's a huge project that's happening. It's kind of got some some national backing, where there's a a train. It's called a T1. I think it's T1. I'm blanking on that T1, now. T1000. Hmm? No, zone? just T1. Hmm? Uh, it was built by the Pennsylvania Railroad. They built like 50 of them, but it was right at the end of the age of steam. So there, these beautiful beast of an engine that is streamlined and just massive engine Hmm. and they were designed to be long haulers and you know with the cutting edge of steam technology as it was fading but all of them got scrapped so what they're doing is they're actually rebuilding a whole new engine a whole new t1 engine and Strasburg has worked on a couple pieces and i've followed along and uh, sorry I'm going to stop now. But this is a major area of geekery for me as well. Because I just, I love the beauty of steam. So, anyway. Aside from that. You got something in the mail this week. Yes, I did. You sent me a ginormous package. And I can't really divulge because Colby hasn't listened to the podcast in a little while because he doesn't drive as far, but I'm afraid he could. So I'm not going to say, but... This he, would be the episode where he would listen yeah. to it. But we can bring him on later after yeah. all of that yeah. to, to talk about what the main thing in that package is. You also got another yes. little package yes. in that. Yep, this little bag, and you said not to open it, and I've been so good. I haven't opened it. It's in this so, Disney bag. You asked for me to get you a souvenir while we were in Disney, okay? Especially since I was going to Galaxy's Edge, which is just, you know, Star Wars everywhere. Mm-hmm. Which was incredible, by the way. <laughs> we, we, yeah. Oh my gosh, it was great. That was amazing. We can talk about that in a moment. Let's go ahead and open your your little bag. Ooh! A pin, a stormtrooper pin. Oh, cool, Rob! A C3PO pin, a Boba Fett pin, a tiny stormtrooper. So this there's and there's this big stormtrooper that's got like cool blue tribal tattoo yeah, so things happening it yeah it's an artistic take on on the stormtrooper helmet and rebel squadron gold leader pin with wings and a helmet that's super cool and a rebel squadron blue leader what do you what do i what is this is the boba fett symbol right like the tusk the long tusk thing yeah that's super cool and then guido is this guido from the from yes. yeah Ugh, that is super, super cool, Rob. Thank you so much. Okay, so one of the things, when I first went to Disney in 2016 with my kids and and my extended family, Mm -hmm. my dad, when we got there, he pulls out this box 
And he goes, okay, here's what we're going to do. Unloads the box on the table, and there are lanyards in it and pins. Aww. And he goes, all right, this is called pin trading. And what you do is you trade these pins for different sets in the park with other people, with the cast members. Huh. And you can hunt down different kinds of pins. That's fun. He did that in 2016. And I'm like, whatever, that's got to be the dumbest thing ever. That, no, whatever. It's going to be stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm addicted. <laughs> like, me planning for Disney, pin trading and strategizing about pin trading is huge. Now, again, my dad, my mother, being who they are, uh, they are like five levels ahead on this whole pin trading thing. They've got strategies on this. They've got... Wow pin boards upon pin boards and you know my mother has really started collecting them so yeah but uh this i'm gonna hold this up so you can see it oh cool this is that first lanyard wow by the way that's one of my favorites that's cool this is that first lanyard and we went around and i i loved it because it just it became neat because Disney wasn't just memories anymore. It was interaction and story. Mm. Mm-hmm. I got to talk to cast members. I got to talk to people from, um, we traded with people from Japan. And, you know, they didn't speak much English. I didn't, I speak no Japanese. But we were able to figure out how do you, you know, which pins did we want? Yes, no. How, where are you from? And have little bits of conversation, but it was a neat interaction. That's really cool. So... I bought you one pin and then traded for a bunch of Star Wars pins. So those are all park trades cool. that I was looking for that are Star Wars centered. Figuring I, 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 it's something that I love about our Disney vacations. Mm. It's something that my family loves about our Disney vacations. That's so neat. Yeah, you know, we're we're recording a week out from the Disney vacation. And we're going to have dinner tonight as a family. We're doing just burgers and fries, just a simple meal. But Melinda and the kids are getting their lanyards out. We're getting all the trades that we went through down in Disney and going, okay, who got what? Are there anything that we want to trade for as a family? What pins are we sending back with Grandma and Grandpa to finish sets? Like there, Wow. There are sets you can chase down. That Stormtrooper helmet that I sent you. The, the larger That's one a, or the little one? Yeah, the the big one mm-hmm. with all the artistic stuff on it. Yeah. That's a set of one of three, or at least as far as I know, it's one of three still. Mm-hmm. But there's a Darth Vader helmet that's the same way. There's a Boba Fett helmet the same way. Cool. And then there's the Stormtrooper. And then do you yeah. keep your pins on the lanyard or do you put them in a box? Or, or you said you have a display board, right? Where you kept your um, Han Solo pistol, correct? Well, actually, I moved the Han Solo pistol pistol after the display board fell off the wall and broke it. Oh, that sucks. Well, no, I fixed it, but it was just, well, maybe that's not the safest place to keep it. You pin them on a corkboard or something? Yeah, so down here in my my workshop space, it used to be in my office, but uh, when... There it is. When we went into COVID lockdown and I started working from home more, I moved it to my workshop. Well, I have not reconciled that with 
all the pins I got from this last haul. So how I have done it in the past is last day, what I have on the lanyard stays on the lanyard. Mm -hmm. And then what I've traded for to find that are either sets or not sets, you know, whatever, that I traded for and I want to keep, they go on the board. And traders go into storage for the next Disney trip. Cool. So, I, I haven't done any of that. The kids have, have figured out their boards because they each have a pin board in their room. Melinda has a pin board. And, and again, we each are going for different things. Like, Ray loves Spider-Man. And then there are these Disney food pins like donuts or popsicles or <laughs> candy apples that you can chase. And he loves those. Cool. Uh, Addie loves princess pins. And uh, one of the ones she was chasing were Disney character but high heels, so there's like a uh, Cinderella high heel and a Snow White high heel that, you know, it's themed after them and they're the neat looking heels. That's cool. I was chasing down, my mother and I were chasing down and competing to a degree on who could find these character latte cups that were just fun. <laughs> that, you know, it's a latte cup, but it's each is themed towards a character. And I, I fell in love with it because the first one I found... Mm-hmm. I think it was one of my siblings or one of the in-laws found it and was like, ooh, this looks like a Rob thing. And it was um, Hades from Hercules, mm -hmm. but as a latte cup. So it was, you know, a black with a skull on it and blue flames. Cool. I was like, oh, yeah, someone figured out how I like my coffee order. <laughs> black as hell and hot. I'm, tr I'm thinking, am I going to put, uh, maybe I want to put these on my, I have this like really cool satchel bag. This canvas bag that I take with me if I'm doing things. So I, I have pins on my work bag. I have one that's a Darth Vader that says, this is my happy face. Uh, and I have <laughs> another one that's actually from a podcast. And they did pins as a, hey, thank you for supporting us. Oh, cool. Which I would also love to do with the mm. 42 someday down the road. Mm -hmm. So I have those two pins on one of my work bags. And then the other one that I'm using right now. It's actually designed for pins, so it has a bunch of my Disney pins as well from this last trip. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Melinda's, the purse that Melinda is currently using, it's also designed so you can have your pins on it. So she's got a couple of her favorites on there. What a neat thing. It's a thing. souvenir that just, mm. yeah, and it's, as souvenirs go, I mean, it's cheap. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, you start buying pins to finish sets, and it, it gets expensive. But, you know, beforehand, you can buy some pins from other traders online fairly cheap. And then you get in the park, and, okay, I'm going to trade those for different sets that I want and I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate that. All right, so me, pin trading, again, another area of geekery for me. Actually, I'll camp on that for one more moment. It's gotten to the point that when we've gone on vacation, not to Disney. Mm -hmm. Like last year, we did Colonial Williamsburg and Myrtle Beach. I'm like, okay, what are my souvenirs? Where are the pins? <laughs> so I have a little pin from Colonial Williamsburg. Couldn't find a Myrtle Beach pin. Strasburg, when we've done that, I got pins. I'm trying to get pins from when we ride the train engines. The baseball team I love and support. 
when we did that as part of our family time and vacation. I got a pin when we went and did wallops and uh, Chincoteague. Mm-hmm. I got a rocket pin from down there. Cool. That's it's neat. just become what is my, like, I'm on vacation. This is my souvenir. I like that. Yeah. I can see that. I could definitely see that. Yeah. They're really neat. So what are the things that you do, like, as reminders for souvenirs? Um, so I've never really, I'm not like the pick up a cool rock and keep it to remember things by. I don't do nature stuff. Exactly. But if I had, if we go to a souvenir place, I like glasses. Like I like getting tumblers, like pint glasses, tumblers and coffee mugs and things like that. I I probably will look there first. And playing cards. I mm. like to play cards. And, playing cards. Yeah, they're very collectible. I really like the cool, I have a cool set of Star Wars playing cards. Huh. They're really pretty. They're really cool. And, um... They've got like Obi-Wan. That's kind of a neat idea. Amidala. And they're really, they're really cool. So I sort of keep my eye out for decks of cards that are neat. I don't have to have a souvenir. Like if there's not a cup that I really like, I won't get one. I just won't. I don't have to have one. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not, I'm not really super souvenir-y, but if I did, if, if I was going to, it would, that be, would be it. a cup or mug playing cards. Yeah. <laughs> kind of reminds me. I don't know if they were from locations or what it was exactly, but like my grandmother would have uh, silver spoons in the in the dining room. I know some people have done that with like locations where it's, oh, here's a spoon from that location. <laughs> yeah. Or... <laughs> yeah. I, you know, to be entirely fair, that's me with pins. And, oh, here's pins from that location. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we're going to have them on next week. But uh, Ken Tice, he he does, like, mugs. He's been posting every morning, hey, here's where I'm having coffee. I'm thinking about vacation and work or this or that. And here's the mug from this trip that we went on or this place that I, I like to mm-hmm. go and frequent, which is just neat. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I agree with that because I, I'm wondering what he's like, but I, I'm a practical kind of person like, and if you're, I know I have coffee every morning, every, every day. It's like important. It's important, important ritual. So to ha- incorporate a, a place memory into that is, um, it's an easy one. Whereas like getting spoons, like things that are only on display that I don't use, um, and take up space. I I'm protective of the space in my house, so, you know. But see, now I found a fun way to use my Disney pins. Tell me. <laughs> so anytime I ha- I wear a suit for almost any occasion, I haven't done it for funerals. I'll stick one of the pins in the lapel. Yes, that's cool. Just because? Well, why not? Why so, not? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've done the Star Wars pins. I've done some of the Mickey pins and Goofy pins. That's yeah. cool. I, li- I like that. The, yeah. There's one pin, and I couldn't find it this trip. I found it every other trip. Two pins I always look for each trip. And one of them is the Rebel logo with the Mickey ears. And the other one is a, a particular Jessica Rabbit pin. That's the only one that that I've not been like, no, I'm not going to, no. 
It's nothing horrible. It's just so you are looking for this? Oh, oh, that you don't want. You don't want it on your suit. You mean lapel? Yes. So yeah, that might send the it's, wrong message. It's it's nothing absolutely horrible. It's no, but no, but like it's it's like the chick in the dust flaps of cars. You know this um woman it's not like that it's kind of like that it kind of looks like that no, it's not yes it is what i am posting that we're weighing in and seeing what everyone else thinks well, i'm posting it's that the same it, it, it evokes sort of a because there's no telling she's always in silhouette you don't know what that dust flap woman is wearing you just know she's sitting really if really pretty or however you you express that but so i that's what i think of that's just maybe that's just me that's just what i think of i think of the dust fla- flap all right i'm posting a picture we'll get everyone's opinions Sheesh. and hey you know what i married a redhead it's not her hair that attracts attention i'm pretty sure <laughs> not melinda i'm talking about um yeah and hey i I'm just going with I married a redhead. She's a beautiful woman. I have a thing for redheads. <laughs> so I married one. Well, that is a cool thing to do with your pins. I'm uh, I'm trying to think of maybe I could display them at my library somehow, but I'm afraid they'd get taken. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, no. that's. <laughs> I definitely had a student who was like, um. Remember the movie Tomorrowland when that came out? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got my hands on that pin. There's a pin? There's a pin. Uh, do you, and do you I'll, I'll, I can Google it, but I really liked that movie, but what kind of possible pin? What, what was the pin? It's the pin. I don't remember what pin you're talking about. In the movie? There's a pin in the movie? Or there's a pin with like a logo? There's a... There's a pin in the movie. That's the whole gimmick to the movie. You get, she has to find the Tomorrowland. The oh, George Clooney. Nope, 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 nope. I'm thinking of the Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt, oh. and uh, that was on Prime, which I really liked that movie. So sorry, sorry. Nope, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, there's a Disney movie. Okay. Worth watching, mm. at least in my opinion. It's Chris Pratt. I can't remember the young lady. Or not Chris Pratt. You're throwing me off. Sorry, um, sorry. George Clooney, Hugh Lowry. Hugh Lowry? Hugh La- who? The comedian? Dr. House. Yeah, okay, that's Hugh Lowry. House. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the young lady's name. It, it's not like the most popular Disney movie, but it was a good movie. Tomorrowland. And there's a, a pin that's oh. the whole, you know, gimmick to the movie. Okay. I did have a student who was like, oh, you got that? I am, I'm stealing that. <laughs> Is it a good movie? Like for... for- Five-year-olds or more older, older kids? It's not, it's not bad. So, you ever watch Meet the Robinsons? Yeah. Disney movie? Mm-hmm. Like that, hands down, that's one of my favorite absolute Disney movies. I don't watch it often because it's one of the ones I, I always cry in and I find it beautiful and filled with hope and whimsy and, you know, I love the, co- the, the quote, around here we keep trying, I can't remember the quote. But it's like around here we keep trying and doing new things because that's what we do. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What is the quote? I need to watch that movie again with the kids. Around here we don't look backwards for very long. We keep moving forward, opening up new doors and doing new things because we're curious. And curiosity keeps leading us down new paths. I love that quote. 
But anyway, Tomorrowland is kind of in that vein. It's a live action, but it it's hope and cool. You know, looking ahead to the future with instead of looking at it bleakly and giving up, it's trying to find the hope for the future. Yeah, cool. All right. We got like 15 minutes left, and we've kind of veered into the space where I think we can talk about it. Yeah. Did you watch the last bit of Obi-Wan? Oh, my gosh. The last? Did uh, we talk uh, hold about- on, hold on. Just, just as precautions, uh, if you haven't finished Obi-Wan three weeks later, two weeks later, whatever it's been, be warned. Spoilers. Yes. Yes, definitely. So, I... This... The second to last episode... Like, if you... If you were on the fence about whether you liked Obi-Wan... That episode... Sold it. That episode, Darth Vader... Making the... Ship stop in mid-air and... That was uh, episode five. Really? Did you? Well, watch yeah, that's what I'm saying. Six? That's what I'm saying. The second to okay. last episode, right? I mean, okay. those last two episodes were amazing. I loved them. I loved what they did in the last episode. I loved, loved, loved that scene with Anakin and Obi Wan. I thought it was gorgeous. It was beyond what I could have asked for with Obi Wan. I'm sorry, Anakin and his voice modulating or or moderating whatever word I'm thinking of back and forth between the Darth voice and the Anakin voice in his helmet and just the symbolism (laughs) there was so beautiful and and deliciously on the nose, but it was okay because it's Darth Vader and Anakin. Oh my gosh. And I loved the fact that he absolved Obi-Wan. He said, and, and I love this, and it's so interesting. Why? Why did he do this? He absolved Obi-Wan. He said, I am not your failure, Obi-Wan. Like, mic drop, just, wow. He said, he said a couple things like that to Obi-Wan that were um, inter- just more than he had to do. Like, he didn't have to do that. Like, it could have been delicious for him to make Obi-Wan feel awful about making him Darth Vader, but he didn't do that, which is really interesting. See, now here, I think you're actually wrong. Because you got to think, perspective-based, Obi-Wan felt like Vader was his failure. Okay? Vader doesn't feel like he's failed. Vader feels like he's succeeded... Or succeeding, but others have taken from him. Obi-Wan took Padme. Obi-Wan took his ability to be a father. Obi-Wan destroyed his ability to have what remaining limbs he did. So I don't I don't see that as Vader being merciful and absolving. I see that as Vader saying, I haven't failed. I'm not a failure. I didn't say that, and he didn't say that either. He said, I am not your failure. Obi-Wan right. hasn't failed. Obi-Wan didn't fail Anakin. Anakin failed Anakin. But 
but Obi-Wan's perspective is is that he failed and created Vader. Right. Okay. Yes, I yes, I'm on the page with you. Yep. But Vader didn't absolve Obi-Wan of that out of any goodness. It was just Vader's perspective is Obi-Wan didn't fail. He just is who he is. I don't get that. That's not the right way to phrase that. I think that's irrelevant because it doesn't really matter what his motive was. It matters that he gave Obi-Wan what he needed at that moment. Obi-Wan needed to be absolved. He needed to be released from the incredible guilt that he felt. And Anakin did that for him, whether he, and I think he meant to, but we can agree to disagree. Yeah, I, I, I think it was a really pointed thing to say i mean he doesn't say a lot he doesn't say a whole lot and he said that so interesting i think everything he said was very weighted you know it's funny is i got on the imdb because i wanted to make a point and i knew the information i wanted was on the website now i can't remember it i can't remember why i was here i'm staring at it going why am i here that's just too bad (laughs) oh shush (laughs) all right but at the end of it do you feel like it was a good story it was worth telling it made sense yes that's what i'm telling you i loved it i loved it i thought it was amazing i loved um revka is that her name the third sister uh oh yeah i really liked her story arc it's amazing how many people survived lightsaber wounds but aside from that um which maybe the force healed her. Like, I'm sure you can force heal or something, but that was a little... Oh, you're talking... When Revka okay, got stabbed. you're talking Moses Ingram. Reva. Reva, not Revka, right. Reva, yes. Her surviving that, I I was like, wow, that's really lucky. Um, Meanwhile, Qui-Gon Jinn in the first movie is like, oh no, I've been stabbed in the exact same spot. I'm just going to die. Yeah, I, I didn't like that so much. But um, her story and the fact that she ends up on Tatooine to exact some kind of odd revenge, which I was just sort of very distraught thing to think was a good idea. Like a, a broken person would think that that would somehow make things right. But the but um, I, but that's kind of the point of her story arc where she was broken. I know, and then decided not. To continue. Yes. Uh, it was just, like, the motive for doing it was really, like... Meh. Yeah. Uh, okay. But it was very good. I liked the ending. I liked ending with Qui-Gon because that just bring, oh my gosh, brings yeah. all the pieces together. And there, now that explains him talking to uh, Qui-Gon so, in such a chill way. I, I was actually starting to get frustrated about that. Because that... <laughs> That they didn't tie that tie up. Because I was then. like, you you have built this up all the way, and we're going to end, and there's no Qui-Gon, there's no, there's no word that there would be officially a season two, only if the fans want it, kind of thing. Is that what they're saying? Yeah, they're saying if the fans want it, that they would do a season Is two. Is that a challenge? Um, <laughs> yeah, it feels like it. But Hayden and uh, Ewan McGregor have both said, yeah, we're up for it. What would that entail? That's that's interesting. I don't know, because I mean, where they ended it, it was it was pretty good. Because e- even with how they ended it, it doesn't break the canon. Nope. It keeps it intact. It. But I mean, we can get more stories of well, what's happening with Riva, which would be good. Mm-hmm. And 
Leah. We want Leah. We want more Leah. Yeah, but that one's problematic. Why is that? Just... It just her knowing of his existence is slightly problematic. I don't we talked about that. Get, well, I thought where they ended it was good because he said we have to keep secret. We can't be. We can't really be friends because what he said was it has to be a secret because everybody's in danger. So they ended it like Obi Wan and her aren't going to be involved. But if there was another season, they don't have to be involved. It doesn't have to. Obi Wan can be off doing his own adventure and never encounter Darth. Or Leah, and it'd still be a cool story. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Kind of on that note, real brief aside, but when, you know, Obi-Wan finally got to officially meet Luke, and... Hello there! Did you scream? I screamed! I was like, yes! Exactly, we're... Uh. Hello there. I was like, ah! Yeah, that was Star hilarious. Wars geekiness is complete. Hello there. <laughs> I know. And now I remember <laughs> why I was on uh, IMDb just because of that. Ha! Sorry. One of my favorite moments was in episode six, where I always mess the name up, but uh, Owen knows that they're about to be attacked by Riva, and he's going back to their homestead, and he talks to Barut. And it's like, okay, you know, what are we going to do? We got to run. We got to. And she's just pulling out guns from the wall. Like, no, we're going to stay and fight. Yeah. Yeah. Like that whole scene. I'm like, yeah, you go. You go. <laughs> yeah. I liked that too. Yeah. I thought she was awesome. So power to Barut. Owen, man up. Right. Actually, uh, Baru and, and Owen. So that was Joel Edgerton and Bonnie Peasy? Peasy? I, I, I thought I she would get that wrong. They were great. They were really good. Well, but they were also the ones from episode two. So those were the actors who did Owen, or yeah, Owen and Baru. Really? 20 years ago. Really? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Really? Because he looked really different back then. If I'm not mistaken. Did, but, but it. He had a super weak worked. chin. <laughs> Oh, that's weird. it worked wow okay that's really yeah. cool yeah they did great I'm sorry they did i was like wow they're they're actually aging and making that progression work perfectly yeah into a new hope so i appreciated that and that was a favorite scene where Baru was like yeah no we're gonna stay and fight here's your gun yeah so yeah 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 he was owen in episode two and episode three Cool. And I think she, yeah, she was Baru in episode two and three. So just nice progression, trying to keep the the actors the same and adjusting as they got older. Mm. I I thought it was enjoyable. I'm glad they did it. I hope they do a season two. Yeah. Kind of not holding my breath. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't, because they tied it up so nicely. They left. Well... But here's where I'm thankful. They left enough there that even if they don't do a season two, they can walk back to that era and connect in dots again. Mm -hmm. You know, Rebels kind of played with it, and it made some fans mad, but they played with it with, you know, when Darth Maul shows up on 
Tatooine mm-hmm. and fights Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. And, okay, the fighting style and how quick it went made them mad, but as we've looked at it over the years, been like, oh, no, wait, this is actually Obi-Wan being Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. So I think they could... I think they could do that. I think it would be good. Yeah. Now there's no Star Wars for a while. A month. <laughs> a month and a couple sad. weeks. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that other one, the Andor. Oh yeah, Andor would be good. Yep. All right, I'm gonna walk us back into vacations now. You ready? Yes. One of the things I really enjoyed with my vacation was being able to go to Galaxy's Edge. And that was just cool being suspended for a moment of what is the real world. And I'm in Star Wars. I'm standing next to an X-Wing. I'm standing next to an A-Wing. We got to do Rise of the Resistance. The, you know, the big premiere ride. Oh, cool. Have you ever watched a video of it? No. Okay, I'm going to describe it to you poorly, and then you need to... We're going to wrap up in a minute. You need to go and watch a ride video of it on YouTube. Okay. And just be amazed. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So, you get in the queue, and you're going through the queue, and they start talking about... Or, they bring you into a briefing room, and it's Ray from Episodes 7, 8, and 9. Mm-hmm. And BB-8. And bb is a real proc- practical prop. So he's moving around at the top of the room and interacting and beeping at you and being expressive. Uh, and then be- or Ray holograms in. And it's hologram, hologram. Disney's version of it. And you're, you're going on a mission to rescue one of their spies from... Or re- get information. I forget what it was exactly. But you need to go in this ship right now so you can go and get the information or go and save whoever. Mm-hmm. So they open the door, you're ushered into a waiting starship. You know, there's steam coming off of it, it's making sounds like it's warming up. <laughs> you're surrounded by people who are in flight crew dress, and they're like, alright, let's go, let's go, we gotta get on this thing. You're standing next to Poe Dameron's X-Wing as you're loading, that's just there. And it's also making sounds and warming up, because it's gonna take off with you. Cool. And you get on the ship... Everybody loads in, and there's um, a Calamarian sitting there, and he's giving you the briefing, and he's practical effect too, so he's an animatronic, and he turns and blinks and talks, and they take off from Galaxy's Edge, and when they do the takeoff scene, it's, it's everything that you're familiar with in the scenery around you from the day. Cool. So you're watching that fade into the distance, and you're flying into space, and there's a space battle, and you're being jostled around, and lasers, and flashing, and the ship's taking damage, and suddenly, you know, there's an Imperial, or a First Order Star Destroyer, and they get you in the tractor beam, they pull you on, and then the doors open, and when the doors open, you've gone from standing in the Florida heat, and a launch pad on Earth, to standing in the launch bay of a imperial star destroyer that's so cool and it's not like oh this little space it's huge it was cavernous huge and there's a row of stormtroopers right there between you and the magnetic shield and space and tie fighters keep flying by out in space and you hear them just 
It took you to this level of, I am in Star Wars. I'm standing on a ship. <laughs> That's so cool. I mean, I, I knew what they were doing. And so, you know, Addie was with standing with me. And I convinced her. I was like, this is what Disney does. We've been launched into space. Disney launched us into space. Don't you get that? And she figured out I was pulling her leg by the end of it. But, you know, the whole thing is this wild adventure. And the level of immersion and illusion that Disney has done is just amazing. That's super cool. You know, you get rescued out of a jail cell. And they actually cut into the wall. And they hide it. So, you know, you don't realize that it's a door. So you're standing in this jail cell and it's quiet. And then you hear people on the other side and you hear a torch and you see smoke and flames and they, they cut through the door or cut through the wall and it's now a door. And yeah. Wow. That's awesome. You, you need, you need to watch a ride video because it's just, you're there. You're getting shot at by ATATs. You're being chased by stormtroopers. Kylo Ren is trying to get you you're on the bridge of a, a the star destroyer it's it is amazing and just walking off of that ride knowing that yes you know what i'm still in florida but for just a couple minutes i got to suspend reality and enjoy the imagination and play that disney encourages i think that for me is what i love about vacations whether it's Disney or the beach or wherever you like, it's that suspension of reality, just enough to play, mm. which we forget to do as adults. We do. Yeah. Oh, that was beautiful. I, I'm done. That was I a beautiful way to end this podcast. Soapbox like, diatribe. Couldn't have said it better. <laughs> <laughs> well, next week we get to have Ken and Nell Tice, Nell from What the Nell, and Ken, who is Nell's husband and we're going to talk vacation some more what they do why they do tips tricks beach why yeah why? it's gonna be a neat conversation yeah i'm looking forward to it but it was good to finally talk yeah, to you again vacation? i'm sorry it was i have missed this it's been two weeks and yeah i've been looking forward to talking to you about disney about camping about vacations so, yeah, it's good to be back into a routine. Yeah. But it's also good to have taken time down. Agreed. Agreed. So. Until next time. All right. Until next time. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for listening to The 42 Podcast. Please take a moment to like and subscribe. And if you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter to add your voice to the conversation. Thank you.